just enjoy every day I have learned instead of thinking of the deal I was going to kill and this and more and this. It's just about, hey, I woke up this morning. This is already a miracle within itself. I'm alive. I'm healthy. And I do well enough. I can eat what I want. I can travel where I want. I take my car to go where I want. So the simple things of life, enjoy them. And I don't care how many millions you're making, you still remember the foundation of life. And that's why, you know, in Buddhism, it's the breath is the gift. But it really means you're alive. So make it count. This is why we are here, to learn, to share, and to build a community. Enough with people thinking they can succeed on their own. You can't. I used to be this guy. Community is the only way to build. That's why today I'm with you. I can share my Welcome, message. Welcome, friends, to the Entrepreneur Space. I'm your host, Kofi Anumedu. Each week, I host an amazing entrepreneur on their journey, successes, and challenges. It is my hope that we will learn from their experiences as we all work towards living a life of passion and purpose. Patrice Bissot is a Paris-born celebrity stylist, executive coach, image and brand consultant. He's been called a style interventionist because the changes he helps clients make impacts many areas of their lives. He's the founder of Image Impact Index. Patrice is also the author of the book, Mind Your Hair. I host him today on the Entrepreneur Speaks podcast. In this episode, he shares his journey, his highs, lows, and talks about style, image, and personal branding. Welcome to my show, Patrice. Bonjour, Kofi. Bonjour. I'm happy to have you on the show today. Let's start off with your surname. I hope I pronounced it right. How do you pronounce your surname? Bizio. Patrice Bizio. Yeah, but you did well. It was good. Okay, okay. Bizio. Bizio. All right That's then. Uh-huh. All right, sure. So you were born in Paris. Tell us about your childhood. All right. So my childhood, yes. My childhood was... Actually, my gift came from, and I realized that by finishing my second book, that actually being a child, I became already very early on the observer of the world. And what I mean by that is I was definitely pushed and bullied uh, a great deal at school, and I was too weak to defend myself. So instead of reacting to it, I started observing, in fact, observing uh, you know, where they were coming at me to, you know, give me for a round, I, I was definitely this person who was sitting and watching the world. And very quickly, I realized, you know, I loved fashion. I love anything that had to do with beauty and celebrities. And it was just all those magazines that I was looking at. And then there was particularly this magazine at my grandma's house that was great. And it was all about royalty. It was about ball gowns and it was about black ties. And I knew clearly this is the world I want to belong in. This is something that I'm so attracted to. So very quickly, I had to choose in my education what I wanted to do. And I knew I had to do something that had to do with creating, with being my own man, being, being an entrepreneur, traveling the world and being the best at my craft and being in Paris. Well, it was easier because here I am immersed into centuries of history, beauty, fashion, high fashion inspiration everywhere and it just got me to become the person 
well, I'm today. Very interesting. So you are a stylist. And if I may add, a celebrity stylist for that matter. How has the journey been so far? The journey has been amazing because you see, that was the one thing that was clear in my mind when I was a kid is I was going to choose something that could give me freedom. But that could also be this creator, this really, this guy that was part of something larger than me. So hair absolutely became the beginning of my craft. And by the age 18, I was managing three salons in Paris for my, uh, for, for a major, major company, a five-star uh, hairstyling company and it also got me to knowing I wanted more so by the time I was begging my boss to get more he was like listen you're 18 years old you are managing three salons for me in Paris and I'm talking we are the, one of the top companies so what do you want more from me what do you want more you have a job that no one has and they're three times your age so I didn't really care because my entrepreneurial mind and my instinct and intuition, I wanted more. So finally, one day he put me up to the challenge, got me into this amazing restaurant in Paris. And he told me, all right, you want a challenge? Well, there is one for you. We are opening a salon in Miami, in Bar Harbor, to be precise, which is basically the Champs-Élysées of Miami. And that really was the major turning point of, first of all, moving from France, from Paris to Miami, that was really great because I always had America on my mind. I always knew in my heart that America was something I was drawn to. And by that, I was able to come to the US. So I opened the salon and I realized a year later that my boss was not really delivering any promises. And I knew this was it. I wanted to be my own guy, my own man, my own everything. So I opened my business in a five-star resort, uh, North Miami. And I was able to start expanding and starting knowing what is it that I really want. So I understood if I wanted to grow, I had to grow me, my name, my brand. And that's when I hired my publicist in Beverly Hills because I just knew with this plan she offered that I was able to not be part of my dream. And my dream was always to be part of Hollywood, celebrities, A-listers, movies, premiere. I mean, all that was just the, the childhood dream that suddenly became reality. So side by side, we worked and Oscars for 13, 14 years and all the award shows, Sundance Film Festival, the Emmys and it really got me also to understanding in the process, you know what? Yes, hair is what I create. And this is my portal to come into these amazing homes, travel in private jets and having all that. But really the true purpose of what I'm doing is really knowing that the teaching, the learning, the sharing, I was actually helping people to build their brand through their appearance. And that's how hair started to be the journey. That's interesting. You are the founder of Image Impact Index. Tell us about Image Impact Index. Yes. Well, you see, when I finished writing my first book, Mind Your Hair, and it became a bestseller on Amazon, so I got all kind of attention, which was very unexpected. This attention became from female empowerment group. I actually mentored a, a bunch of high school girls in New York, you know, on my own time, helping them to understand 
you know, appearance, social media. So, and I started to realize, wow, you know, and then I got signed up by a keynote agent in New York who said, you know, you have such an amazing topic because you're looking at beauty from the inside out. So to go back a little bit, Mind Your Hair was, is about the psychology of hair. And I explained. Often, especially in the female world, it's about one morning, you know, one wake up, wakes up and be, you know what, I'm not really happy in my life. Change my hair, change my life. Here we go. And I started also really realizing with the growth of all that social media, that chaos and that craziness, that the world was more confused, that it was helped. And all that white noise online was just so horrible, actually, because it was giving all the wrong messages. And I'm like, but beauty is not an upper fixer. It, it only confuses the mind even more. So my book was about the seven step to take in order to get a successful makeover one chapter at a time, explaining the step and also giving an example of a client who didn't take the step and eventually obviously failed because you cannot skip the steps. So that's really how it happened, where people started understanding the self-development part of hair. So throughout the keynotes, I also understood, huh, I'm doing more than that. And then when it's finally this team in New York I hired to starting creating and understanding digital, because to me, I'm an artist, I'm a one-on-one, my business model is all about, you know, creating the trust and, and creating beauty. But, you know, I I just knew in my heart that it was more, more, more than that. And finally, this team in New York said, you know, we need to find your unique selling proposition until the question came. And that was one of my aha moment is when you look at someone's hair, are you able to know who they are? And I said, of course, it's, it's totally obvious. Yeah, I could tell. And they were like, no, 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 no. Hold on. What? You're able to tell someone who they are throughout the way they wear their hair? Mm hmm. And this is really what one of the turning points was because now the guy who owned the company said, you know what? When is your next keynote? Uh, my keynote? My next keynote is next week in Boston. Great. What is the crowd? It's about 100 women, you know, it's, uh, you know, like C-suite kind of group. Perfect. So what you're going to do is if you're so sure of yourself, you're going to bring three subjects and now you're going to film it and you're not going to edit it. You're going to show me what you did. And I want to see it with my own eyes that you're going to look at their hair and tell them who they are. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. And when I did, it was just this crazy, almost out-of-body experience where I was watching me doing it, and I was just going and going and talking, and this woman is crying. The next one is like holding her face, couldn't believe it, because it was almost like a mentalist sort of way. And then from that, that's when I really realized, oh, okay. And then one of my keynote in Florida, actually, I got approached by this lady who's been a major executive a whole life who said, you know, you were not doing a hair reading, which for the time, at the time, I didn't really like the word, but that's really what I was doing. Because when I brought people on stage at the end of my keynotes, I would do the same thing. Three contenders. I'm looking at them within 60 seconds. I'm able to tell them exactly who they are, but from the core of them, from childhood, everything. And she said, no, what you're doing is really an image reading. Hmm. I'm like, all right, I don't really like the word, but let's get into it. She's like, no, I saw you. You started out with the hair. 
But then you looked at the body posture, what she was wearing, this and that. And I'm like, all right. And by working on my second book and Mind Your Impact, which is book number two coming out uh, in January, that's when the reveal was to understanding that I was actually doing that. This was an intuitive intelligence component that was kicking in. By the time I was done with taking one look at someone, yeah, I had all the clues to knowing their story, their life story. And that's really what it took me about five years to put Image Impact Index together to now simplify it because I had to do it in my own brain because that's something I've been doing apparently intuitively since I'm a child. And I was not able to put it into words because to me it was obvious. You look at someone, you read the clues, you know who they are. But for most people, that's not possible. They need to have a blueprint to knowing how to recognize all those elements. And that's what Image Impact Index does. It coaches, teaches, helping people to understand you have all the signs on you and on others. And that's how you can make it happen. Wonderful. You've had a remarkable career. Can you please share some of the challenges you've encountered in your entrepreneurial journey with us? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So from the outside, you see it all looks so good. You know, everything, I mean, it looks like it's, you know, I'm larger than life. Everything is great. I travel the world. It's first class. It's private jet. But then you see in the entrepreneurial spirit, there is also the lows. And the lows, of course, you know, nobody really talks about it because it's like, well, who wants to hear low? But that's when in 2009, when the market crashed and, you know, at the time I was extremely successful Four businesses, I was running around like a crazy person, obsessed with the deal, obsessed with money, obsessed with making anything and everything. And then 2009 came around and the market crashed. So stock market, real estate market, and I had a, a fair amount of properties that I lost completely in, you know, in no time. And it happened in three weeks. So that was in 2010. Uh, you know, I was holding on to it, holding on to it because my ego was bigger than anyone's ego. And I'm young and I'm successful. And I was driving my Jag by the time yeah, I had the Jaguar by the time I was 20. So, of course, I thought I had it all figured out until that happened. And what happened in three weeks of time in 2010, February 2010, major, major event happened is I lost all the properties. I had to let go of all the properties, go to my lawyer, give him the keys, dealing with the bank. All right. That was for one. My enormous salon producing all that money. Suddenly my landlord decided to shut down the building. Okay. And then for three, I was in, at the time in partnership with who I called my best friend, who was actually the biggest crook and thief, and he took me for the last loop. So he stole from me all along those businesses that I had. I had, it, I had them in partnership with him, so he kept stealing until he really took me for the last round of it because I, was, I borrowed a lot of money from a friend of mine in Paris, and at the time, the euro was double the dollar, so it was, it was just a nightmare. And I had to file for personal bankruptcy. And this was, to me, the crushing point of my ego. Like, it was a nightmare. And that night, three weeks later, I slept in my car. And this is how I realized, wow, this is what they talk about. But you see, I thought that being an entrepreneur was just a legend. You go high, you go low. I heard stories of guys that are 
you know, major millionaires now, but they're like, oh yeah, I crashed on my friend's couch in the middle. I lost everything twice. And I'm, I was always wondering, how can you lose everything twice? If you're so smart, you're not going to lose anything. You're going to be so good at it. Well, actually, I didn't realize that in it, there is the excitement, but there is the ego. And ego is the, is the root of all evil because the problem with ego, it could be great when you create. Ego is great because it comes forward. It's creative. But when it comes to just pushing, 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 that's not good. So here I am in my car watching everything from the world <laughs> from my laying on my backseat of my SUV. And that's when I realized, wow. This is when I need to know, what is my mission? What is my vision? What is my purpose? Why am I here? And this is when I say, you know what? Hair is still something I love doing. I don't know why I think this is almost shameful now because I'm so entrepreneurial. I make all that money saying I'm a hairstylist. is like, eh, not so great. And that's when I moved to Beverly Hills. And I really sat down with my PR and said, listen, this is time of now. This is, I owe a major loan. I'm broke, totally broke, but I need to make it happen. So work with me. Let's make it together. And she was totally on board with it. And that's when we got together. And from that, we realized, all right, you know, you can, you can totally do it. And I crushed it more than ever because now I was concentrated in one thing and one thing only my art, my craft, my passion. And that's also when I started gathering information and I started putting together Mind Your Hair. Because again, I started feeling, yeah, but you see all that Hollywood, it looks good from the outside. What is really going on in backstage? And that's really my entrepreneurial moment came from it too, because I realized, yes, I want still to be rich and famous and I want to have all those things. But now knowing the low and having been so low that I've learned about me, I've learned about what I wanted. I've learned about purpose. I've learned also to be of service, helping for free without having to expect something back from what I was giving. And that's really part of my entrepreneurial experience. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. So just as you've highlighted and talked about your, your challenges, I believe in all this, there's been useful lessons you've picked up. Can you share some of these lessons with us? Yes, of course. You see, this is the thing. We think when we lose it all and often, and it's a male thing, which I've discovered with, with coaching clients, it's more of a male thing than anything else is we put the definition of us from what we own, our possession, our bank account, the balance of our bank account. The higher it is, the bigger you feel in life. And the challenges are really knowing balance, knowing that there is nothing shameful. Like you see, for instance, it took me so long to be able to tell the world, yeah, I filed for bankruptcy. Uh, yeah, personal bankruptcy is not a crime. But you see, ego is often really what blocks people to grow, to learn, and to be able to say it as it is. It allows, I mean, it actually blocks from authenticity, doesn't allow you to be who you are. 
And that's what it is. Those challenges, let them come to you. And when you see a challenge coming at you, instead of looking at it like, oh my God, this is a problem. No, that's not a problem. That is something I'm not liking, but it's all right. It needs to go. It's like a bill. When you receive your bill, well, you don't like your bill. I mean, whether it's online or in your mailbox, well, that bill is not going anywhere until you pay it. But it's the same thing with challenges. Challenges, they come to you to grow. They're here to just show you who you are. It's nothing is, nobody's doing something to you. And that's often also what it is, you know? Of course, humankind loves to point the finger because it's always easier. If I put someone responsible for my problems, suddenly I feel you know better for three seconds. And that's it. Because the problem is not going away and I'm still going to have to face it. That's what it is about. Being an entrepreneur and just life in general. No one is doing anything to you. It's not somebody mean up there that wants to for you to suffer. It's just saying, oh, wow, all right, so how do I react to this challenge? Because to an action, there is a reaction, and you choose that reaction because you see also over time, I realized by meditating, by learning yoga, by learning all of those elements that I was able to look at it more calmly. And instead of thinking, oh my God, I don't have that much on my bank account, so I'm a loser, which I used to think. Well, it was about saying, all right, how do I go through it? How do I make it happen? How do I find a solution to this problem? And then little by little, it just became a second nature to be able to look at everything and some of the things I do not like at all. And it can include, you know, losing people, uh, you know, one way or the other in your life. And it's the same thing of learning to deal with that. And that's really what it is. The challenges are coming to you. They're not coming at you. So that's really my takeaway. Thank you so much, Patrice. Where do you draw your inspiration from? What really inspires you as, as a person? Well, you know, my travels, I travel intensively. And I mean, pre-COVID, I was on three planes a week in average, sometimes up to five. It was madness. My, my life was crazy. But throughout those travels, and I speak several languages, actually, which is amazing how I remember when I was a kid and my, I would tell my mom, mom, why? Why four languages? This is crazy. I'm never going to need them. And my mom said, well, actually, you know what? You might be wrong. You know, maybe one day you're going to thank me for it because it might allow you to do things. And I was like, what is she talking about? And of course, mom is wise and mom is always, you know, the one that could see much further. And that's yes. what it is. My travels, my learning, I mean, knowing, you know, speaking different languages allowed me to talk to people. And the more you travel, the more you talk with people, the more you open your mind, the more you realize life is not unilateral. There is not just one dimension to it. There are so many, many cultures, many beliefs, many options, many ways of looking at life. And that's really how I've learned all I've learned, you know, to knowing and listening. In fact, I was doing that when I was a kid, you know, I would sit at the adult table because I thought, why running around playing, you know, tag and jumping trees. To me, it was always more interesting to listen to adult stories because that was really fascinating to me. And that's really what I carried with me as an adult. All my travels were able to, I met the richest and the most, you know, famous and you know, but it was not just that. 
He was learning also their journey because then they open up. They're telling me about their emotions. They're actually telling me about their high and lows because now they trust me. And each person who touched my life with their stories, I was able to take a chip of that and build it up and build it up to create my own world and my own understanding on how all this works together. And that's really another takeaway from my journey. Very interesting. Now let's spend time talking about the things you talk about, the things you counsel people on, the things you support people on. How does one's appearance impact one's brand? Well, you see, like I was talking earlier and saying, is we are reactive beings. You see, often what happens is with appearance, it creates fear. And fear is ego. I explain. You see, we are, we react to what we see. And society has managed to make you believe that if you judge, well, you're a bad person, you're a mean person, you're, you're a horrible person. Uh, all right. So let's think about it for a moment because genetically, molecularly, we are made to react. And you see upon the part of the world you live in, uh, the religion in the house, or the mentor you have picked to become the adult you're today, that's really how it works. And that's how appearance starts working because from the time you're a kid, you start creating all those patterns. And then you, cr- you start understanding things from the way you see them, you react to them. And I always give the example in a murder case, you have two witnesses who have seen the exact same thing at the exact same moment. And yet when they are reporting what they saw, well, you would think those people were in a different room, different place, seeing a different thing. And that's what it is about. It's really appearance impacts what's going to happen next because people have forgotten that. And often it's just fear of not knowing fashion literacy. So. I realized right away, male, the male kind actually would tell me often, oh, I don't really need it. You know, I'm a suit and tie kind of guy. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And ladies, it's like, yeah, well, anyway, listen, I'm not a supermodel. I'm not a genius or I'm not, you know, a super famous actress. So it's fine. You know, I'm like, all right. So let's think about it for a moment, because how long did you spend with your career? How how much time did you spend with your education? Oh, many years. Oh, I'm still working on it. I'm still doing continuing. You know, I'm continuing my education. Okay, great. So you're spending all that time building this amazing life. But then you think you're not part of appearance? More than ever, we actually realize that the way you show up is the way you're going to impact your life. Again, I explain. You go on a date, and I was giving that example actually yesterday on a podcast, you know, which is you go on a date. For the girls, do you think that you're going to say, oh, you know what? I'm going I'm to put my hair in a ponytail, whatever dress I'm going to find. I'm good. Guys, oh, I'll grab this jacket. I own it for 15 years. And uh, yeah, it's too big. I lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Well, and then the shoulder pads look like a quarterback from a football team. Well, good <laughs> luck with that. Well, you know, you show up. And you don't show up as you. You don't show up as the person you really care to be. So how's that going to work? If you don't go with the right intention from the moment you get ready, but nothing else can come. Because then you're going to have to explain to yourself, you know, the girl might say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, today I didn't have time to do my hair. Really? But that's a date. It's potentially the person you're going to marry. 
And that's how little attention you give yourself. Same thing you get ready in the morning to go to work. Well, if you treat yourself poorly and it's like, ugh, who cares? I'm not going to shave today or I'm not going to do my hair. I'll wear whatever fine, you know, my hand finds for the first, uh, on the first uh, jet. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that. You do need to treat your appearance because that is the nanosecond. Because when they say, you know, you have five seconds to make a great impression, it's not true. It's actually a nanosecond because the brain has recorded so many information to create those patterns that actually the moment you see someone, literally you lay your eyes on them and you don't know you're doing it, but you go from head to toes, nanosecond, and your brain has already registered all those elements that you see, and now you're reacting to it. And that's how powerful this thing is. Appearance impacts your world, your career, a, a, a family gathering, a date. Every part of your life is based upon the way you show up in the world. Very interesting. Can you help us with some tips for building our brand? Yes. Okay. So that's, of course, that's always the question. And the question is really, who am I? Before you see, people think when they hire me, this is going to be a wardrobe stylist experience. And they get to realize after the second session, and they will say, uh, but we didn't talk about clothes. We didn't talk about, uh-huh. Well, then let's talk about it then. Why do you think you need to know that now? Oh, because I need to know what I'm going to wear uh, for this event. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe that's the meeting of your life. You, you're going to definitely, or maybe the promotion you've been waiting for. You know, you're a middle executive and now you're going for the top position. Okay. So how are you planning on getting ready? Well, you're going to tell me to, what to do and then I'll do it because I know I'm going to ace it if, you, if I have a professional telling me what to do. And you see, this is the problem. The problem with that is the quick fix. People think I'm here to just give them the solution to a problem immediately. And this is when they also realize, oh, this is part of self-development? You mean to tell me that what I'm wearing is the way I feel? And now they realize that, yes, appearance is about aligning emotions. It's about bringing all these emotions together. And now you feel a certain way. And you also know the goal of your day. And that's how you put those elements together. But before we get there, we get to know and need to know who you are. What do you want to tell the world? Because the way you show up, your entire life story is on you. And I know when I say that initially, and people are not you know, educated in the matter, they look at it like, what? Yeah, I'm like, I have your entire life story is written on you. And this is the thing. I know how to describe it and to really destructure it in order to bring it back up together like a puzzle. But for people, they do the same thing. Only people are not aware of it or they don't know how to explain how they react, but they do. They read the signs as well. So that's really how powerful it is. So back to your question in the tips and tricks, well, authenticity is the first thing. You need to show who you are. And if you are super edgy and you want your tattoo or whatever the case may be, well, you need to own it. You see, before we think of what am I going to wear, how I look, how good do I look? And that's really how I started realizing that I was doing branding because people would say, make me beautiful, make you beautiful. What does that even mean? Like what's beautiful to you 
And what's beautiful to you is not to me. And that's really what it is. So the first tip is authenticity, is knowing, hey, you know what? Yes, it might be colorful. It might be the pattern might be super loud, but that's who I am. So I'm going to tell the world this is it. And I'm showing it in in industries that are ultra serious, like, you know, finance and banking, where people are like, well, I'm not going to show up in my Hawaiian shirt. And you see, this is the thing. People take also the extreme. They think extreme is the only way to go. I'm like, no, we could find, we actually will find a balance. But even if you're a guy, be creative. Have a shirt actually that has a color that really represents something to you. And maybe your pocket square is going to be pretty original. Your tie, the print of your tie. Ladies, accessories is the great way to show up in who you are. I mean, the way you're going to wear, if you're going to wear little studs, you may be more tame and you're more classic and traditional when you wear big hoops. Well, you have this dangling effect and you feel like men are going to more look at you. You see, this is all those subtle signs that you're sending out that people receive. And this is where it lies. The beginning and foundation is authenticity because with authenticity, now if I could see you're the real coffee, well, guess what? Now I'm going to start trusting you. And that's how it works. So before people think of what am I going to wear, what color, what fabric, what everything, it's about saying, hey, do I look like me? Do I feel like I really own everything I have on me? And did I take a critical care to thinking of everything I put on me? Or did I just throw it and think and hope to God that it's going to work? You see the difference? I really do. You've mentioned couple of things I was just about asking, but I still want to ask. Yeah. Before we end, I want us to be very specific. Okay. Give us some grooming, grooming tips for men, after which you give us grooming tips for women. Okay. So All let's right. start off with the men. Okay, with give men. All right. Uh-huh. Grooming tips for men. All right. So you see, my grandma used to say, you see the quality of a man by his haircut? And the cleanliness of his shoes. So, of course, I was a kid. Okay. But I did remember that information. I thought, hmm, that's interesting. And my, my grandma, peace to her soul, she, she left us a couple years ago. I was very close to her. And she was always very wise in everything she would say because it was very simple. And it was always very observant. And along the way, I realized, oh, yeah, guys do do that. I see them, and then I started looking at shoes. And from the shoes, the cleanliness of your shoes, you see, not, I'm not even talking the style, the looks, the color. I realized, wow, if you spend that little time and you think dusty shoes, dirty shoes, anything that doesn't look like, hey, it's polished and beautiful, if you treat business, I mean, if you treat your shoes that way, well, my business, let's say I'm a big company and I'm going to hire you to be my sales manager, my my marketing manager, how can I trust you with those dusty shoes? Because that doesn't look so good. Hair. Let's talk about hair, my craft, my passion. Same thing. Men think, oh, I'm a dude. So if I'm a dude, everything is simple. Well, you know, I'm glad David Beckham was a great guy to showing metrosexual. But really, it's funny because, okay, of course, society had to invent a word to decide and to define what he was doing. No, what David Beckham did was to be himself. And today he felt like blonde and with a mohawk, he did it. Granted, the industry he's in is very rock star-like. But men, 
we all are rock stars. We can rock star our life the way we want. And caring about you, about your nails, too many men same thing. Oh, manicure? I mean, how often I've, I've heard, oh, you know, I'm not gay. Okay. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's like, what? Caring about your nails make you gay? Wow. I mean, trust me, this is not me you need to hire, but someone who has a lot more scientific knowledge because the, the, the help you need is far deeper than, than you think. And that's really what it is. So for men, take care of yourself. Take care of your skin. If a skin glows, what does it give you subliminally? What the idea of youth? And that's what society goes for. But it is more attractive to look at a man with a glowy skin than looking at a man that hasn't shaved for several days just because he's been lazy. Because there is a point, too, of showing a scruff, of showing a five, five o'clock shadow. No, you need to deline it, define it. You need to have that beautiful line around that I could see you didn't just let go of it. You're showing me the sign that you took care of it. So, man, it's very easy. Clean your shoes. Make sure you go to a hairstylist and a barber fashion trend. All right, it's cool. I understand some men have really, really, you know, curly hair. They feel like it's more practical. Okay, fine. It could be practical. But show me your point of view. Show me something that you have cared about. And, you know, I'll talk about it in, in another session if you want, where you create a mood board. And a mood board essentially is really knowing, collecting images to start understanding what is it that I want from my brand. So men, take care of your nails, take care of your hair, and take care of your shoes. And by the way, if you think you're a dude and the girls are not watching, well, they are. They actually are much more sensitive to a guy. And that's why metrosexuality is much more appealing to women because now they can relate to that. Instead of a guy that doesn't take care of his body, doesn't take care of his shoes or his beard or his hair or his nails, well, that's not very attractive. So pay attention to details. It's simple and it is part of your brand. It's part of self-care. It's part of self-development. That's what I have to say. But gentlemen. Let's look at women now. What tips okay. do you have for them? Well, women, you see often, that's, that's a different thing is the first rule. And like I said, I mentioned that earlier today is, oh, I'm not a superstar. Okay. All right. You're not a superstar. But you're a superstar because you see, often the beauty of it is when I'm done, I'm done doing a hair makeover on a client, the first reaction is, wow, I look amazing. I feel great. I look like a superstar. I look like a movie star. And you see, it doesn't matter the height, the body weight, the anything. So that's what it is. Ladies, empower yourself. Take care of yourself with the same thing. Your hair is your first, the, the first definition of you. Pay attention to it. Spend the money on it. And not everybody can afford the top stylist in the world. But pay attention to that because that is the first subliminal message you're sending out. Hair is the definition of everybody. It's because hair is an emotional decision. What you're going to wear, whether it's super long and the girls want to be flirty and flowy and, you know, or perhaps it's the girl of power who loves short hair, who loves showing hey. I'm in charge here. I'm alpha. That's the thing. All those signs are here. But for women, when I hear them talking badly about their bodies, their body weight, they're not tall enough and they're not thin enough. Enough with this. This is what you have right here, right now. All right. You let go for a while. Your body is not what it used to be. All right. Embrace it. This is not going to disappear tomorrow. 
it really bothers you, well, get on a diet. It really bothers you, then do something about it. And that's the thing. Don't let go. Self-development in appearance is everything. So ladies, tips and tricks, be mindful of your hair. Same thing, your makeup, update it. I see too many women trapped in time because, you know, back in the 80s, back in the 90s, here they were, those girls that were young and and beautiful to their eyes, where they were getting the attention from guys. And then they got married, got kids. Well, follow. There is a trend. There is such thing as makeup trend. When I still see the blue, the super blue eyeshadow from 1985, I'm like, okay, girl, there is enough information out there. You can really make something else happen because this is not good. And this is not sending the right message because you see it trickles down into your career. If this girl is part of something fast forward technology or and you're wearing blue eyeshadow from 1985 and you're trying to tell me you're so amazing at what you do and you're so fast forward i'd like to know how because my visual does not align with what you're saying so that's how powerful this is and being a girl oh my god it's it's an amazing thing you could play with everything accessories and makeup and shoes so embrace it stop thinking oh my god what are they going to say you don't care do it and play at your own beat. And that's really my biggest tip I can give to women. Thank you so much, Patrice. We are just about wrapping up. Any right. last words or advice for my listeners? Yeah, it'll be simple. It's about enjoy the journey. Stop overthinking. Just, you know, we were given an amazing gift. It's one life. I mean, at least this life, this life of today, right here, right now. Embrace it. You see, we spend too much time wondering what are people going to think, uh, being judged, being critiqued. You see, a wise guy told me I belong to this mastermind and the guy who owns it says something so good to me that I needed to hear because at the time I was so worried about what people were going to say about me. And I wanted everyone to love me. Oh my God, I had to have a hundred percent of people thinking, Patrice is amazing. And then he said to me, well, you know, you're getting bigger and bigger in the digital world and whatever it is. So you better be ready because you're going to have half of the world who's going to love everything you do. And the other half who's going to hate you. And the haters, oh, they hate you. And they will say the meanest thing to you. So be prepared. It's okay. It doesn't make you less of anything. It's only becoming something stronger about you. And you're going to learn that. So that's my my advice. It's really about just enjoy every day I have learned instead of thinking of the deal I was going to kill and this and more and this. It's just about, hey, I woke up this morning. This is already a miracle within itself. I'm alive. I'm healthy. And I do well enough. I can eat what I want. I can travel where I want. I take my car to go where I want. So the simple things of life, enjoy them. And I don't care how many millions you're making, you still remember the foundation of life. And that's why, you know, in Buddhism, it's the breath is the gift. But it really means you're alive. So make it count. This is why we are here, to learn, to share, and to build a community. Enough with people thinking they can succeed on their own. You can't. I used to be this guy. Community is the only way to build. That's why today I'm with you. I can share my message with the other part of the world. Right now I'm in Africa. How amazing is that? And I'm not even like a great technology guy, but to me, I feel like, wow, this is amazing. Like 
I'm amazed by it. And that's what it is. Be amazed by the most simple thing, by nature around you. That's what it is about. Just enjoy each day like it was the last one. And I'm not saying be reckless, but be appreciative, be grateful for what you receive. Thank you, Patrice, for sharing your rich experiences with us. We wish you the very best. Thank you, Kofi. Thank you very much for having me. That was really, really great. Thank you. This has been another exciting episode of the Entrepreneur Speaks podcast. I'll come your way next time with another interesting episode. I remain your host, Kofi Animedu. Stay safe and let's keep hope alive. Cheers.